Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the baseball model to the course. This episode is set to cover four major league baseball games scheduled to be played on Thursday, May 18th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections of picks for every single game, the A-plus play of the day in that Discord chat, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Membership costs under $1 a day. Those A-plus plays of the day will be worth your membership fee. You'll get it right back in no time. But even if you're not there, still thrilled that you're watching with us here. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T as it would be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term view around here. We don't get distracted when the Reds decide, let's take a 5 nothing lead, and then baseball, who plays baseball? And then who knows what happens after that, because honestly, you'd probably be better off if you stopped watching. That stuff balances out in the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blindside you here with a question uh, on something okay. that we, we haven't talked about. Why is it, in your opinion, that we like it, we can laugh and joke about the weird things that happen in baseball when they are bad beats and not wild wins? Why do you think that is? I I don't know. Sample size. Baseball is by far the <laughs> the wackiest sport. Like I do agree that I like I even think about like the college football, the college football show. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's like we just get angry. It's like this is this yeah. is so dumb with baseball. It's just like yeah, you know, baseball is gonna baseball kind of thing. So yeah. I think it's just one of the attributes or quirks or whatever you want to call it that makes baseball interesting is that you're going to see like a thousand different things seemingly every week yeah. and you know at some point you, you lose so many of the games that it's just like you know what i'm not even angry yeah yeah i'm not, I'm not you ate the whole wheel of cheese i'm not even mad yeah. i'm impressed right yeah yeah, yeah it, 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 of course and today not just the reds uh that's at least a little bit more explainable because when you play in course field the ball's flying out yeah. there and i i you know this is just a gambler's regret right where i'm sitting there and the projected total for that game overnight jumped about a full run uh mm. because the wind shifted from like across to out i think and so uh, the model said like 12 and a half ish and I was sitting there looking at 11 and a half. And I was like, Ooh, like, should I, should I jump on that 11 and a half? Like the ball's gonna be flying out of there. And then just like, didn't. And then now it's, there's yep. 16 runs and counting. And so it's, that's it. That's the, I think it's a little bit of negativity bias too. Cause the other one, of course, to talk about today is the pirates who haven't scored more than four runs in like, you know, since 1812 and yeah. Eduardo Rodriguez has been pitching fantastic. And then yep. the first two runs, you know, questionably Rodriguez's fault. I mean, that ball was hit really well to center field, but the center fielder drops the ball, hits off of his, of his glove. But then after that, they just kept scoring. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. you're going to see those weird things. I just think it's funny that the bad beats we remember more than the like, it's almost like the ones that we never should have won were so that we get lucky on. We're so just like, like, I don't want to say exhausted, but just kind of that like relieved that like we don't remember it as much as yeah, yeah. the bad beats were like, you know, we kind of take with us, whether it's anger or just laughing it off and being like, wow, this is a dumb sport. Yeah. 
but it is just a good reminder. It was about that long-term uh, look at it. The A-grade play still profitably, plus plays of the day, still even doing better than those. So that's, again, where where those are just the blind plays, just like we did in college basketball season. Uh, we got uh, one A-grade play to talk about today and three B-grade plays that we're actually going to like zig and zag and talk about some interesting different picks we have for these that we like, uh, that we think are worth your investment here on a short slate for Thursday. But before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button for YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, NLB, or college football content that this channel provides. So we have scaled it out. A grade, money down plays return four units as the risk plus win equals four. B grades return three. C grades return two. Total bets are flat bet to win or risk one unit, depending on if it's plus odds or not. So it makes it like a C plus pick. Uh, totals have a little more variance. So I just want a little bit less on them proportionally than the side plays, which are a little bit stronger and more consistent. But scaling with the picks as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Start us off 12.35 p.m. Eastern. Angels at the Orioles. Orioles minus 125 is a B-grade pick for us. Sideline says it should be Orioles minus 128, that they win 56% of the time. And the Battle of Tyler's, Right-hander Tyler Wells for the Orioles, left-hander Tyler Anderson for the Angels, and neither one of these guys is that good. They're projected pretty similarly according to the model, and the reason I say not that good, I know that Tyler Wells has a 268 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be in the mid-fours. He is going to come back to earth soon enough. He projects to be in the mid-low fours as well. I, I, you know, he's done great, but as I'm always saying, ERA is a great uh, indicator of what did happen. Maybe not the best predictor of what will happen. He's still a little better than Tyler Anderson, though, who's got that low five ERA, but the advanced metrics this year on him say it should be the upper five. So he's actually been worse. Uh, should be a few runs in this one. Of course, the problem with that is the total is nine. Model only projects 8.5, but with these two pitchers, I'm not really comfortable playing the under, especially knowing the Angels offense is still pretty solid. Uh, Orioles, of course, have the edge at the bullpen, and that's really where I think this game is won because I'm not expecting a ton from either starter. I think you have to, again, I know Wells has pitched well this season, but it's been a lot of luck and mirage. I think it's going to be you know, you're happy to get five to six innings from either one of these guys. And you're going to need, four, you know, three, four innings from the bullpen. That's where the Orioles shine. I like them to win at home. I think 125 is a little bit short. Weather-wise, we're talking mid to low 60s, wind blowing across. Cousin Jared, you like the Orioles as well. What is your pitch? I do. I feel like there's a team or two every year where the statistics don't add up to how good the team don't accurately measure how good the team actually is. And I feel like one of those teams is the Orioles this year. They have been playing really, really well. Uh, We've also seen, you know, you mentioned Tyler Wells probably going to have some regression to the mean, which in in this instance would be some negative regression for him. But we have seen pitchers that have just had like months of where their advanced metrics have just been much worse than, you know, yeah. like you said, their ERA or some of those traditional measures. So I'm hoping that we can get another game out of them. I think <laughs> that, you know, we just can't uh, accurately measure with statistics how good the Orioles quite are. I think there's still a little yeah. bit of value there at home. Um, I-, I like them a lot. And to your point, Tyler Anderson has been nothing to write home about so far this year. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great point you make there. The Orioles were kind of this way last year, you know, really undervalued as well. Uh, Kind of the same thing this year. We backed them a lot. They've been pretty profitable. And there is something to be said for the fact that when you have a good catcher, especially one who can hit just that added bonus, but of course the Orioles, after they called up Adley Rutschman, have been fantastic. And whatever boost he's giving his pitchers, there might be a little bit of that in there. He's kind of helping them out, making them perform a little bit better than their numbers otherwise would indicate. You know, team plays good defense, whatever it may be. Uh, You know, he's outperformed those 
peripherals. Uh, it's not something that I expect to happen the rest of the year, but like you said, it's never not crazy to think that maybe we can get another, you know, a start or two like that out of them. Um, I feel like my default really is just back the Orioles and fade the angels just because that's where the value typically is. Right. And I think yeah, that's kind of yeah. similar here. Uh, the angels offense, I do want to point out at one point had kind of been more towards the higher ranges of the model's projection system and it's like coming back down to earth a little bit some weaker performances of course a couple of extra injuries now rendon who's been terrible at third base defensively but losing his bat hurts them and all that newfound depth that they've got you know if they start getting that depth tested they're going to become back to that league average offense so um not quite as impressed as i was with their offense maybe a, a couple of weeks ago and uh you know the world's been good to us so just kind of keep gonna keep riding that train 110 p.m. Eastern Nationals, the Marlins. Marlins minus 154 is an eight-grade play. Model says it should be Marlins minus 173, that they win 63% of the time. And this just eats into that A-grade category. Minus 155 or better gets us that A-grade. Yuri Perez and his second start versus Trevor Williams. Perez didn't quite make it through five in his first start. 386 ERA. The underlying metrics weren't very promising, but he's got a pretty good pedigree. Obviously a top prospect. Model pegs him around league average. That's about where the Marlins bullpen is their offense has fallen below that of course but the Nationals bullpen has been terrible we saw it again uh, last night here on Tuesday where the Marlins got that walk-off win because the Nats bullpen just is not very good Trevor Williams will get the start for them 423 ERA underlying metrics say it should be about a half run higher below average pitcher so the Marlins will have an edge on the hill throughout the game and even though their offense is dinged up I still think it's a little better than this Nats offense I'm just not sold on it so Marlins an A grade play here at minus 154 I'm not playing a total in this game at least as of yet but if i were and i'm debating it over eight would be a decent look model projects 9.1 runs uh marlin's park has not been quite or whatever it's called. lone d is lone depot i guess lone like, depot yeah with like a lowercase l and a, whatever yeah. uh whatever that place is being called nowadays uh not quite as hitter uh, it should be pitcher friendly as it used to be it's kind of playing more neutral ish um i honestly think part of that has to do with the humidor helping that one out because uh when the balls are sitting out in that really humid miami air uh, the balls get a get a little moist, you know, a little little weightier, a yeah. little spongier. And now that they're in the humidor, they're not getting moist. So the air is still humid, which actually uh, it really doesn't affect the flight of the ball. Technically, from a true scientific standpoint, more humid air, the ball flies a little bit more. But it's it's like three feet. You know, the bigger difference is right. that the balls in that humidity, it's getting that soaking up that moisture. And the humidor has really actually made Marlins Park play much more neutral. So I would be looking over. I'm, I'm debating it here, but if nothing else, I'm for sure on the Marlins at minus. 154 because and jared uh the marlins have been a scary team uh, to back uh you, you are you are an a-grade believer uh how 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 do you stomach this play given how, how scary the marlins have been well well first of all i i don't think that you know over eight is a is a bad play either and so you know if you couldn't stomach it i think that is an appropriate substitution in, in this scenario uh but i just look at trevor williams 112 grade. I mean, he has been well below average. And like you said, his advanced uh, statistics even worse than what he is, how he has actually performed. And the Nats bullpen not being good either. So it's just very difficult for me to I see an A grade play on the Marlins. And then I think that basically no matter who's on the mound for the Marlins, there's going to be an advantage over whoever is on the mound for the Nationals through almost all nine innings of this game. And so I, I think the Marlins are a, a good play simply from that fact that I think their pitching is just a, a clear cut above anything that the Nationals can throw out there. Yeah, and of course, as we always talk about, if you're liking the over and the Marlins, the other alternative plays, the Marlins team total over would be maybe the play if you were a little bit concerned about their bullpen. Uh, the Marlins, of course, losing A.J. Puck, uh, you know, they're – 
de facto closer, I guess. He wasn't closing every scenario, but he was closing a lot, and that's uh, a little bit of a ding to their bullpen, so it'd be kind of an, another way that you, you could look at this one if you wanted to. Uh, speaking of, we're going to look at this other ways. 2.10 p.m. Eastern Guardians at the White Sox. The model gives the White Sox minus 135 a B grade. It says that it should be White Sox minus 143, that they win 59% of the time. Logan Allen for the Guardians, Dylan Cease for the White Sox. Cease, again, I, I, you know, he hasn't been good this year. 486 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be in the low fours. That's just a far cry from how good he's been the last couple of years. Will he figure it out? I mean, at some point, time's running out for him and this White Sox team. He's definitely got the pedigree. He's been really good. He just hasn't done great this year. Logan Allen, his four starts, 343 ERA. The underlying metrics say that should be spot on. So, I mean, Logan Allen's performed better this year for sure. The Dylan Cease model still thinks Cease is a better pitcher based off of uh, the, the historical data, the fact that rookies tend to be not quite as good in general when they come up. Uh, so the model still favors Cease. Uh, White Sox getting a little bit healthy on the back end of their bullpen could help them. Still don't have a ton of depth, but the back end of their bullpen at least squares up to be uh, on par with the Guardians. So the model's looking at this saying, if we get 87 grade Dylan Cease, where again, 100 is average, lower is better. If we actually get a good Dylan Cease, he can go six, seven innings. The back end of the White Sox bullpen kind of shored up a little bit, you know. They can kind of run one through nine on this one inning-wise and be in good shape offensively. The Guardians offense, um, you know, Still unsure about the status of Jose Ramirez uh, being out. I assume he'll be out for Thursday during the day since he's out for Wednesday night. That seems like a quick turnaround. And without him, the Guardians offense drops to well below average. Uh, so the model's like in the White Sox here. I don't think the White Sox are a bad play. They're a scary play, uh, if nothing else. Total-wise, the model projects 7.9, again, knowing that uh, or assuming that Ramirez will not be there. One of these two pitchers you have to assume is going to pitch well. You can go under eight or under eight and a half, uh, depending on shopping around. We're going to be in the low 70s, wind blowing in around 10 miles an hour. Because, uh, Jared, what's the way you're playing this one? So I, I have said on this show before that I kind of evaluate the the B and the C grades, uh, you know, on, for each individual game. I'm not just going to blindly play them. Not back in the White Sox. Uh, can't bring myself to do it with how they have performed so far this year. But I do like the under eight and a half here. I think that you mentioned Ramirez being out. That would be a big blow to the Guardians offense. And then I think one of Logan Allen or Dylan Cease has a, a good game here. So uh, I like the under eight and a half. I like it less at eight. I think you've got a higher likelihood to push there. And I really kind of want to win at eight as opposed to, to push. So eight and a half is probably the lowest that I would play the, the under here, but in lieu of going with the white Sox, I, I would much prefer to take the under eight and a half. Yeah, or like a, kind of the theme of the day, the team total aspect. You could take the Guardians team total under with Ramirez out. You're right. putting a little bit more faith in Dylan Cease. I, I don't like that angle as much. I'm like you. I like the under eight and a half a little bit better because you do have to think one of these guys, if both these guys pitch well, this game's two to one and the under is going to be right. a breeze. At that point, you're just going to have to hope it's not two to two going to extras where some team wins seven to six in the 14th or something stupid, right? right. With all the, right. the, the, the zombie yeah. runners at second base. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of these guys pitches well, and I th I'm thinking six to two, right? One of these guys pitched well, someone wins 6-2, something like that. You know, nice, yep. easy win. It's just, it's hard to say which one. But Logan Allen's been really good uh, so far. But, I mean, Dylan Cease, you you can't write a pitcher off after, you know, nine starts or whatever it's been. That's been pretty mediocre, absolutely. But uh, every pitcher, you know, in the history of baseball has had nine starts where he's looked very mediocre, right? No matter how right. good or bad. So, right. uh, if it's Cease that shows up well, then, yeah, you've got just a couple ways. That, and the only way you really don't 
especially with the wind blowing in, is probably if just both guys collapse, which possible, but right. not overly likely. And and again, the White Sox bullpen looking a little bit better, maybe crossing your fingers if you're a, if you're a Southside fan there uh, yeah. to help kind of get us to the end of that game without too much damage, right? Yep, completely agree with that. Although I will say, like of the pitchers that I have concerns about, Dylan Cease is definitely like on the watch list of like, yes, uh, is, I- is something going wrong. I, I would agree. Yeah. It's not like he's not in my, I am concerned, but he is in my, right. like, I'm keeping an eye on it. Like it's yeah. not quite what I expected. And cause we were talking about early on the season, there's a lot of guys who haven't done well, but the underlying metrics are like, it's fine. It's fine. No worries. Right. He's definitely yeah. one of the guys that it, it's not, there's, there's a handful of guys that I'm already like, I am worried about this guy, you know, but he's like on that next tier of like, yeah, what's going on there because he was so dominant, you know, the last couple of yeah. years. Um, but yeah, if, 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 if the, the good news is with the under is that even if he doesn't find it, if Logan Allen does, and this white Sox offense isn't anything special either. Right. Uh, just one pitcher has to be on and we should be able to get, like I said, a six, two win or so gets us under eight and a half. And then a night game here for you, seven forty five PM Eastern Dodgers at the Cardinals Cardinals plus plus one twenty six is a B grade according to sideline, which is that the Dodgers should be favored in this one by a price of minus one eighteen that they win 54 four percent of the time and the Cardinals win 46 percent of the time so a 46 percent winner at plus 126 would be a profitable play Wainwright's going on this one I recorded yesterday's show and the Cardinals decided to move Wainwright back a day the Cardinals are in the stretch of a ton of day games in a ton of days and so they gave Libertori here Wednesday start and then they'll get Wainwright back and everybody else just an extra day. I think it helps the pitchers when you have these stretches like this without an off day. Uh, so Wainwright will get the ball. Again, as I mentioned yesterday, hasn't done well. Only two starts, though. Um, underlying metrics, a little bit of a concern for sure, but he's got the pedigree if I'm not freaking out just yet. The bigger thing on this one's Julio Urias, a guy I've long talked about, not nearly as good as the ERA last year, not as good as the wins were previously. A good pitcher, absolutely. Still gets an 86 grade, but uh, not quite as valuable as people think. 360 one ERA this year is a whole lot more back to earth from last year's numbers, but the advanced metrics actually say he's pitched worse than that this year. So at some point, while he's a guy who maybe always outperforms his peripherals, this year's peripherals are so bad, outperforming them still puts him kind of, you know, again, good, not just not great. And this Cardinals offense is pretty good, uh, and so they should be able to take advantage of that. Two good offenses in this one, two good sets of bullpens. It should be a decent game, especially if we get a decent start from Wainwright. Model thinks there's a chance the cards pull it off and likes the plus 126. I'm not sure how I feel about backing Wainwright at this point, but that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it's the over model projects 8.6. There are some eight and a halfs out there in the market. If you wanted to go over, it should be a nice warm day in St. Louis to start off around 80 degrees, closing around seventies and the wind blowing out or out and across five to 10 miles an hour. Kind of, kind of like the Cardinals a little bit, kind of like the over a little bit. I kind of think both are, are decent. I'm having a hard time pulling the trigger. On either one of those, though, uh, cousin Jared, what do you got for us? Well, let let me make it a lot easier for you, and let let's say we go uh, Cardinals team total over three and a half. How how does that sound? I, I like that. I like, we've I feel like we flirted with that all episode, and so now we're like now we're just yeah. gonna, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a Car- Cardinals team total over three and a half here. I agree with you that Julio he he does well, but I just think that his name carries a lot more weight than what the results actually have. And the results have been good; they're just not great. And I think when you hear that name, you think of great results. So I also look at the weather, and it's you know 
wind, moderate wind out potentially across. Going to get a big boost here if that wind actually does end up being out. If it ends up being out, there could be a lot of runs, and you know maybe this game ends up being you know seven to five. The Dodgers win, but you know the Cardinals easily go over three and a half runs. So uh, let's do Cardinals team total over three and a half. I think this is the first time I've dabbled in the the team total market of the year. So can't wait to watch how I lose this one to the conversation we had at I'm the beginning. I'm pretty sure in college football season last year you were like zero and twelve in team totals, and probably. We kept we kept yeah. flirting with them. We kept talking, and we kept having ones that we just loved. And everyone was like, "Yes, this is such a no-brainer." And then somehow it would like yep. one week it would just be like, you know, you had an over in the team, and then like a freak, you know, there was like one of those freak wind windstorms or whatever came through, yeah. and it was like a three to nothing game. Or one week, you know, yeah. it was like the team scored. You know, he had an over. The team scored a ton of points in the first half, and they couldn't score like, every which way possible. You could lose. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see like, does that continue here, or do we just like, can we just get a normal ho hum win, right? And I, I know specifically which games we're talking about. We're talking about the <laughs> Arkansas State Hurricane yep. game. Yep. We're, t- we're yep. talking about a Coastal Carolina game where they scored yep. like 35 points in the first yep. half and scored six in the second half. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, good times all around. Yeah. It, it, Back to back to loop back. We've got full circle now. Yeah. The episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another point uh, that we were just kind of chit chatting before we we recorded here that uh, a good point that you'd made, which is if we're kind of liking the over, kind of thinking you know these two two good offenses, balls flying out. You never really know with with baseball which balls they're using, but we've seen some of these games lately, ton of runs. Uh, you know, and if we're kind of in that situation with these good offenses, a, a more of a home run derby ish type game. At that point, you kind of want the plus odds. If it's, it's just a chaotic game, it, it, the plus odds, you want either really low scoring where it's like all you got to do is score two runs and you might win, or you want really high scoring where it's like everyone's scoring and who knows what's going to happen. You don't want an average game because if it's an average right. game, that's just normal, then the better team should win, right? And so right. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, you know, it may be playing a little bit better here as of late. Their offense getting going, pitching still questionable, but whatever it is, they're nowhere near as good as the Dodgers. I don't think anybody's arguing that. So they're going to yeah. need something, you know, a little bit weird happening or again, a vintage Adam Wainwright or whatever it is to pull the win. So maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, you know, just more high scoring. Uh, like you said, I could see seven, five either way. And neither one would surprise me uh, with, we've seen the Cardinals put up runs in bunches, but we've also, of course, know the Dodgers can too. So kind of like the over uh, kind of like the Cardinals at the plus plus one twenty six. our official pick here is going to be Cardinals team total over that way. Maybe we just isolate that and, all we need the Cardinals to get to is four. And I think the last thing I want to say is like you said, great point. Urias good. I don't want people to misconstrue that. I don't want people in the yeah. comments, you know, yeah. oh, you think Urias is terrible. I don't. He's a good pitcher. It's just, yeah. I think he's being priced and treated like he's great. And I think he's good, not great. And, right. um, and, and that's, that's no shame in anything. It's just, I think he's a little bit overvalued. So uh, Cardinals team total over a little pick there. So we got a, We got a total pick. We got a team total pick and a couple side picks. Got a little bit of everything for you here today. Uh, otherwise, cousin Jared, any parting words for the viewer? I'm just the further we go in this this season, I'm just so thoroughly confused about these random Thursdays where we don't have night games. Like we've got two night games tonight. Why do we have tr- getaway days where we have no night games? Like somebody, I understand it would be nice for the teams to have you know more time to travel and whatnot. But I mean, come on. I mean, we should have a night game every night. We should have at least one day or afternoon game every day, and we should also have one night game every night. Is that too much to ask for Major League Baseball? Apparently it is. I, and I completely agree. <laughs> I, I've, I've talked about this. I think that we should, uh, you know, you would think you'd have more Thursday night games, kind of like this Dodgers-Cardinals where you're starting a four-game series, and that would be a night mm-hmm. game because why would you yep. play that in the day? You should right. have day games, easily day games on Wednesday, Thursday for getaway stuff, and then night games on Wednesday, Thursday, you know, because when you play a getaway day on Thursday, 
you have the night game before Wednesday. And then when right. you have your getaway day on Wednesday, you have a night game on Thursday. So you, sh you should have both. I don't quite know why there are so few Thursday night games. Uh, it makes a little more sense at the end of the season when they don't want to fight with football, right? I kind of get right, that. But right. at this point, there's not as much happening. You know, there's obviously some playoffs. Uh, you know, but anyway, the last thing I want to say, talking about playoffs again, remember the Discord chat, a great place to be under a dollar a day to join on Dub Club. We've got uh, NHL playoff discussion, NBA playoff discussion. And what I'm finding is that, you know, I'm back in Indianapolis here in the land of legalized sports betting. It's good when people in the Discord are talking about what they're doing for the boost that these books do because i signed up for like four or five books and there's so many different boosts and things happening here that like i can't even keep it straight so that discord's like a valuable resource just for me to keep it all straight so people are like hey we've got this boost at this book this because i'm like i can't look through all that stuff right, right so right. that's like a valuable resource just to be in that chat with other gamblers hearing other ideas give you other angles to look at sometimes they bring up things there that i'm like i hadn't even thought about that's a great point yeah uh helping me out in other sports that that i'm not you know quite as model driven yet they will come I'll be building those models for the sports. It just haven't happened yet. So again, a great resource there to get in that discord chat. You can get there on dub club. That link is in the show description under a dollar a day. Uh, every once in a while, cousin Jared pops in and we love it when he does that too. Right. <laughs> Hey, and I even put something in the college football channel today because uh, so, some other podcast out there is now dropping season preview stuff. So it, college football is really going to be going to be here before you know it. Yes. And the, and the comment that you made about that, for those who have not seen that already in the Discord chat, highly recommend listening to those. They're highly yeah. informative. Some of the best information out there for college college football. If you aren't already listening to that yeah. one, uh, that, that that information on that Discord chat there is, is uh, great to have. And a like I said, for me, a must listen every offseason. Uh, it's hard to find for me to find time with baseball season trying to figure out how to listen to all that stuff. But got to listen, start taking down the notes and just start making yeah. sure I'm kind of like got thinking through all things because it's all about how do we all get information, hearing from different people, thinking about different things, coming up with our own stuff stuff uh, i've got my models uh, you know of course but you know making sure i've got good information from lots of different sources uh part of the thing about about being being wise right is knowing where to get good information from and, and part of that's right. uh uh that discord chat can, can give you that so again a lot of good yep. reason to be over there uh that's all we got then for you today thanks for tuning in to this episode of picks with the professor don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content right on this channel drop right into your feed i'll be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content and until then as always best of luck and remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.